called? I'm called the Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Yo, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. The Expanse, Season 1, Episode 7, Windmills. And here comes the countdown. Let's start with some Crazy Thomas Jane. Three, two, one, and go. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, here we go. There's Thomas Jane. So he's been fired, uh, but Link in the book, he should see it coming that he gets fired, but he doesn't even care because he's so obsessed with uh, Julie Mao personally and professionally that he's he's just working the case harder, even though he's officially not a cop or not officially a cop. Now, I talked about how there's a, a major change uh, in this episode having to do with Holden's mom and Avasarala that I agree with and think is very well executed, even though it's quite different than the book in some ways. There's an additional spy character that really does nothing um, that is uh, proof that they didn't completely have a handle on the material in the first season, but here's Thomas Jane talking to himself. This is, of course, going to lead to him talking to Julie uh, when there you think maybe he's really losing his mind, like Baltar with Head 6, uh, Caprica 6, and... Um, uh, in Battlestar, of course, him seeing Julie Mao takes an even another step of insanity or rationality, depending on how you want to see it, uh, as the saga winds to a close. We're just before the middle, actually, because the ten episodes of season one um, and the five to begin season two are, the, 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 you know, the first saga, which is Leviathan Wakes, which is the first book of The Expanse. Okay, here he is. Looking like the matrix, like the blue matrix, the color filter they got going on here. Um, but I, I, I wanted to mention early about big and small changes. There's Anderson Dawes, who's directly responsible for him getting fired, um, which is he specifically makes the decision to keep the that dumb hat, as they call it, on. Um, and it leads to him almost being killed by accident by the Rosinanti members and the book. And in this, he very specifically, as he's going on his personal post-police journey, hangs up his hat. And I think, I'm sure that was meant to needle uh, fans, you know, hardcore fans. Um, but it, 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 you know, him keeping the hat in the book totally works for what they're trying to accomplish and him hanging up the hat. And you know, going uh, uh, full rogue uh, in this version of it uh, is you know, it's like Luke throwing the lightsaber over the shoulder. You're gonna like it or not? I happen to like it. All right, here we go, Rosinante crew, run of the mill gas hauler. Yeah, right. Yep. So I have come to like Dominique Tipper's performance more and more on repeat watchings and through the seasons because they her character is uh it, it, a lot of ways the most complicated in the books over the course of the whole thing um and they try and mirror it by making her the most difficult to kind of see what's really going on with her in the series um but that's not sort of the way that she's enigmatic she's enigmatic in the books and she's complicated here early on they try and write her as almost like is she duplicitous like is she really that screwed up that she's you know plotting against us you never think that in the books 
Um, and so they actually asked Dominique Tipper to be uh, a less logical and more difficult version of the character in the early part of the series. And she acts her face off. And so it becomes a very tangible and I would say relatable character. Do MCR and Chip send out status updates? Is this where they locate the spy already? So, you know, I'll try and explain this as quickly as possible. In the books, um, Avasarala and the and, and the politicians are not in it this early. They they have to sort of conflate the first two books to get the politics going uh, earlier on, and they do a fantastic job for the most part in the first season and a half of doing that. Um, but they take some stuff too far, like you know, they mentioned earlier that they had spies following Holden, which is very unlikely that Amos and them wouldn't notice. You know, this poor fucking spy that's about to scare him that they discover. I mean, this guy's doing a piss poor job. He's supposedly spying for Avasarala, but then he's really spying for the bad guys. Um, he doesn't uh, end up transmitting any sort of information uh, that, that I can tell that changes the equation. He has a cool eye camera that they, for some reason, you know, keep missing. Okay, this is great. Um, and so, you know, they already mentioned they had people watching Holden, and that's how they were getting information. You don't need a physical guy of a side character who's not even that good. Sorry, dude. And not confronting that much. Okay, so here is uh, Avasarela who in the books comes in book two as a major character. Um, I have no idea whether they're planning it or not. Um, and she's a very complicated relationship with Holden, both in reality and in her brain and how she talks about him and talks to other people about him. Um, she normally would not humble herself uh, like this. Um, uh, she tries to discover who James Holden is, just in her brain, that's how smart she thinks she is in the um, uh, in the books. Um, and she should have done this earlier, which is to meet his really interesting family, which is made up of a bunch of moms. This is his actual birth mom, made up of a bunch of moms and a bunch of dads who are sort of off the grid in Montana. Um, and so he grows up with a bunch of parents. There's the drone, which she keeps telling the fuck off. Um to show that she's serious and this isn't like a hit job or whatever. She is the third most powerful person uh, among the Earthers, so you know they're not going to completely let her go. Um, Holden is, is you know portrayed as having a very, very even by today's standards, almost actually in a way that it was more reminiscent of today's standards of what it would be like to grow up with a big loving family in you know Montana or Wyoming or whatever. I believe they're in Montana. It's not completely against um, a character that, for sure, that some of his parents would be kind of anti-governmental, and that's why they're living there, and they are trying to get a tax break, which is why they have one kid among 12 people, because there's 30 billion people on Earth, and so it's an expensive tax to have children. So they decide to get a big homestead with one kid with a big polyamorous relationship with like four or five moms and four or five dads. And he has a very idyllic life growing up. And, and so 
you know, and so you buy early on that even though he was dishonorably discharged from the Navy, that this guy who who almost immediately in the books is trying to do the right thing and figure out what the right thing is and lead people, you, you buy it because... You know, he's the one that we know has a good upbringing. These other three had very difficult to super fucked up upbringings when it comes to Amos. We'll get to that. So this is a... This is so funny with television. So after the first season, they went from 10 to 13 episodes. And you're going, oh, once you get to 13 episodes, you're like, how do they do this with 10? But for some reason, with 10 episodes... It's in the middle ground where it's it's too much and not enough, and they feel like they have to add these little red herring spy stories um, to to fill it out, and it ends up distracting from what's really going on. That was a piss poor <laughs> photographed punch. That's going to get a lot better. Amos violence. Um, uh, and while this is still sort of family team building stuff, I suppose, and how vicious the crew can get. Um, what's this guy supposed to do? We've already been told they're getting spied on. He's trying to transmit data to Avasarala and or the other bad, you know, bad guys that are around her that she's aware or not aware. Bad guys like um, Aaron Wright and so forth. So I've seen this numerous times, read the books a bunch of times. I still don't know what the point of the spy is. If they can just justify why we needed to actually see the spying happen, either successfully or uh, utter failure, as is the case here. Oh, boy. (coughs) Does he go right after Anderson Dawes? This guy's so ballsy. I mean, Anderson Dawes is, you know, it's like Stringer Bell but he's got a whole space station. So I'm mostly going to ignore the spy because it's, unless I can figure it out with y'all here, um, it just seems like something for the Rosinante crew to do that they don't need to be doing while they're, you know, on their way to Eros, which is where the real story starts. And they meet up with Miller. This is a good day to start over, my friend. This guy's so good. This guy's so good. And, and you know, when you read the series, it's a big series. And you read it over and over again, you realize there's so much more Anderson Dawes in the series that he's not just being talked about, but is in it. But like his character, who's always slinking around, and you're not really sure this guy's supposed to be a leader, but he's just here at a bar and he's talking like a normal guy, but now he's talking like a politician. And so that's how they write his character in the book. And, uh, you know. They don't spend too much time doing physicality with characters in the books. I will say, in terms of skin tones and backgrounds, like Alex being a Texan Indian and Bobby Draper being kind of Samoan, large, you know, beautiful but big, powerful woman, Naomi being a person of color, they, they kind of do talk about that. And the books are the, very, very diverse. And, you know, when, for the most part, they, they cast the diversity that's in the books in the shows. Sometimes they have more... We know Fred Johnson's black from the books, but they mention it once, and they cast the best actor for that role. It happens to be black. Um, but they definitely mention that Anderson Dawes has like, you know, popped a- a- acne, you know, or, or like just like a pockmarked face. Um, 
you know, a face with lots of, of character, not all of which is particularly inviting, let's just say, even if he's not a bad-looking guy. And, and they found, man, did they found an actor in Anderson Dawes. Now, okay, so this conversation... Again, really quickly, Avasarala, not in season one. Politics is, in, is mostly in the background at this point. We learn that she was very involved in all this, though, in season two, and we spend a lot of time with her. So, uh, you know, again, like with the Battle of Assad and Hill and, uh, and The Witcher, um, final a couple episodes of Witcher season one, we know that that battle with Triss and Yennefer and all them and the magic happened. And, and so they're like, let's just put it in the show. Like if we don't add this to the show, like why are we doing it just to imitate it? So this is the transformation of Amasarala in the eyes of the viewer, because up until the point where she pulls out the, I had a son that died thing, and starts leveling the the uh, these sort of isolationist, you know, perhaps somewhat anti anti governmental parents of of Holden in Montana who are here, um, who love him but are also sort of confused by him. And she, you know, she's getting the information out. She's uh, Sorala, She's processing it. It's all manipulation. They can tell this is all bullshit. Um, and she has to humble herself. Um, or give the perception that she's humbling herself to really talk with this woman. And while this character actress is good, not great, who plays Holden's birth mom, the writing is excellent because Amasarala, as usual, is has too many tricks up her sleeve and is using too many and almost alienates people because they can smell it. And here, she's she plays the Holden is dead or probably dead card as long as possible. And she tries to flip the conversation with this woman by being like, oh, by the way, I know that he might not be dead. But it's not until she really lowers the guard and talks about her dead son. Oh, here it is. Right. So he calls. she's calling them a cult of political extremists generational land rights kicked out of the navy all of these are kind of factually true but she's far exaggerating um these people are quite sweet in the books even if them are a little provincial and and racist right and here's where you're like okay maybe she is trying to understand holden and maybe this is for good purposes and she's not just a beautiful indian woman who's a, a, a evil uh, which she's a wonderful person who acts like an evil witch because she can't help herself. What good will any of this do? Yeah, they all think he's dead, even though there's posters of him in the belts. This is the whole transfer of information thing. He's raised by people like you, joins the Earth Navy. That's an interesting question. She's putting it together. Right. This is, again, this is great writing. This is why you stress that maybe they're a little bit more anti-governmental than we see in the book, because then it makes him joining the man, so to speak, the Navy, more interesting. You're dancing around it. Okay, so now now this actress is with the crying is starting to really sell being that she feels like Holden's mom. 
I think it's because she came spitting hot fire before. I felt a little weird. Uh, but that woman definitely knows what she's doing. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. Regardless of how honest anyone's being, when, when at least on the surface it seems like her and Avasarala are sharing moments about sons and expectations and hopes and the goods and evils in the world, it's a beautiful thing. And introduces Ambasarala in season one where she has no place being textually and introduces Holden's parents in season one uh, where we don't meet them I don't think till season five or so book five in the in the books even though we do hear about them a lot we know they're very influential okay so I gotta track this Naomi thing because here's what I remember guys I remember that I immediately liked Alex Kamal because I felt like they nailed Cass Anvar as, as Alex Kamal's character right away as the pilot. You know this is the good, the one good guy on this ship. In the book, you can definitely tell that Holden is is a good guy. He that he's Captain America, but we're in his head, so they're they're stringing it out in the book. And they've mentioned already numerous times that Amos is a killer and a murderer, but with that smile of his, um. Right, he's trying to push their buttons. You know, normally, like in Battlestar, you would just make this guy a Cylon, or or they would think he's a Cylon, and so it fits with you know a larger plot reason, even if you don't need it. I'm the one that's going to bring you the good news. So they talk about uh, in the book Amos's amiable smile, this smile right here, which is very kind of sweet, and even he's a really good-looking guy. Um, is Wes Chatham, uh, and with his big puppy dog eyes and the smile, if you didn't know him, you'd think he was kind of an okay guy who just, you don't want to mess with, but he's an okay guy. Uh, but it's meant to get people off his case because he's seething with rage and anger deep down. Um, and so when the, so when you see this face with the puppy dog eyes and the amiable Amos smile, and then he just murders someone in front of a kid, even if the person deserves to be murdered, it's, you know, uh, even in book form, it's, it's so affecting. And, you know, if I had read the books, uh, before the series, God, there'd be so much I'd be looking forward to, but Amos's portrayal, it would be one of the top ones because you don't think the, the lovable uh, murderer with the nice smile uh, and the big eyes, who's a grease monkey, but has a complicated path. You don't think that could work in, you know, a series like this, which is, you know, especially early on bordering a little on, you know, taking yourself a little too seriously at times, but they nailed the casting. And so while it takes too long for uh, for Stephen Strait to get the material to play Holden correctly, and, and while they make, as I said, Naomi, uh, actually, um, her past is super complicated, and she's complicated, but she has a great heart. Um, and, and so to question her great heart over and over again, as I remember it, which I'm going to monitor, um, asked a lot of the actress, as I said, and, and so you can't get close to the character. But... They nailed, in my opinion, Amos, uh, the guys who seem like the two side characters but are really equal leads of the main four of the Rosinante. They nailed Amos, um, played by Wes Chatham, and Cass Anvar's portrayal of Alex Kamal, in my opinion, early on, even in first viewing, and even more so knowing the characters now. Um, and so that keeps you with the series, along with Thomas Jane just being a total psychopath.
or is he? And this is this is going to be one of the interesting things to come out. If for some reason it's the first time you've watched it, or maybe you've seen it once and you want to join me to have some crazier thoughts about it, which is they don't talk about God a lot. There's a few missionary characters as the series goes on, but there is a weird mystical spiritual element, and it starts right here as he starts to see visions of things representing Julie Mao and what Julie Mao is and has become, and then Julie herself. There's a bird. In zero G, look at that. Oh, there's Art. Okay. So, this guy plays Art, uh, who's the cop who keeps helping all the various clones, the Tatia Mazzolani clones and Orphan Black. He's very lovable. He's not an unnecessary character. He's not an amazing actor. Uh, and as usual with a series... Uh, the, like Orphan Black, which just keep going and going and going and going. You know, if you don't, uh, with Tatiana Maslany paying all the characters outside of a couple others, you start wondering if you need some of them. And Art was always a sweetheart, but he's never a standout Orphan Black. Um, and uh, he's asked to do much less. Um, in a, another role that's either not in the books or not stressed in the books. Um, and, uh, a shocking plot turn, um, uh, in, in this, um, in this season that that's very important in terms of character relationships. Okay, here we go. Why did Jimmy leave right now? She's desperate now. She really wants to know. The drone still won't leave. Yeah. And they're really stressing the anti-Big Brother thing, which is fine because it, it makes sense with Holden's personality or, or one version of it. I don't understand him. I think you're full of shit. Right. I carried him in my belly. Right. She's the one who carried him. There's nine of them. Ooh. Just arrest me. Right. Is that a threat based on Jimmy? Based on what they're going to do? Okay. So this is either a blatant rewriting. So this part I don't agree with, depending on... Whether I'm understanding this right. So she's giving a sob story about uh, pressuring her son into the Marines, and he died, and that taunts her. In the book, her son dies in a skiing accident when he's 15, but because it's the son, and because he's 15, it doesn't matter that it's a skiing accident, it leads to almost the destruction of their whole family, uh, almost a divorce with her husband who she loves, and the daughter leaving who they love. Um, it can happen in those situations. It's more tragic because it's a skiing accident. Um, and so I, I don't usually lead with, um, this smells the Christian Christian in the book would totally lie about this. If she felt like she was losing a really important character witness, like James Holden's mom, uh, and the only way to do it would be to tell a big sob story about losing your son in the military to add that extra element of not just being a mom and not just maybe losing your son, but the military connection. Uh, it, it would be something that Sorella would totally lie about in the books um, for the situation at hand. Um, but I'm wondering if they actually changed that bit of lore here because... I think it lessens the characters and makes them less complicated to make it, a, a, you know, a military death. It's, 
And you'd think the mom who doesn't trust her, the government, uh, you know, would suddenly be, be swayed by it. Um, but again, those two women are, are great, great um, performers and end up having great chemistry together. And we're going to see it now when they have coffee and actually level and, and be nice to each other as well. A, a different kind of great chemistry. So this is all misleading. So... You know, the theme of politicians and corporate leaders and other people misleading Miller and the Rosinante crew and the good politicians and, and so forth in the first couple books is... Vi- Did you just say donkey balls? This is, this is a reference to uh, donkey balls in the books, but this little... Um, uh, plot bit where they let Alex be very smart by finding, you know, secret codes or whatever. I mean, it, it, they're, they're, there's all these little tasks that they're doing. So they find the spy and they lock up the spy and now they have to trust the spy. And now there's donkey balls. What's donkey balls? Well, we're going to wait and there's going to be the final countdown and then we're going to have to get the code to give to the people. It's creating all sorts of tense situations that just, I mean, to be perfectly blunt, are so many that are more organic and more interesting and easily translatable in the book. I'm not sure why was is this the like the episode between this and the conversation that never happened with Christiane and and Mrs. Holden like we're going to put our stamp on this we're sci-fi network and so we're going to make some major changes even though they're blatantly unnecessary we'll have to get back to whether <laughs> Sorala is blatantly lying about her son and he does die in a skiing accident um which is way more interesting, believable, relatable, and common, let's be honest, in the real world, but it can just as easily lead to the destruction or, or near destruction of family, which informs her whole personality and her whole life. <clears throat> now, because all of this stuff is like deep military... Um, and there's, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, secret USB things and like 24, uh, uh, um, value codes and decryption and you're about to get blown up and, and military, you know, suspense, like uh, it's filmed so well and they don't linger on anything too long. Um, but it's clearly a mistake. I'd be interested if, if you've seen the series before and not read the books, um, if you think it's a, a bigger deal or a smaller deal than those of us who have read the books and are watching it now again, um, to not th- that it's a mistake to change things because you're changing things and it's like anti-lore. That's not me. Up oh, there's hanging up the hat, which he does not do in the book. You know, it's Luke and the lightsaber that, that makes so much sense. Okay. As a comparison, because they're saying, look, We've been very loyal to the character of Miller so far, and we're going to continue to be loyal, but he is Thomas Jane, he is different, and we're playing it a little different. We're going to play his look a little different, we're going to play his approach a little different, we've got to go with Thomas Jane, you know, he's he's got his own style, and so hanging up the hat, getting the hair flowing, and the face open, um, it, it isn't just the easy symbolism of leaving the police force, uh, creepy message, <laughs> oh god, this poor woman. But but it works aesthetically with the character. It works with what they've set up and what we've got coming with him. He's a little bit more. Um, he is. He ends up. 
I've been saying up to this point, actually, that he's been playing uh, the Julie Mao thing a little bit more platonically, but we're going to see as it gets closer, and then his meeting with Julie, ultimately, uh, spoiler, that they, they make it creepier here, um, and she's you know calling him a creep, or trying to call him out on it for being a creep, and he can't see it. Um, they play it more TV creepy uh, in the series. I'm going to ultimately end up, I think, agreeing with the choice. I think I change my mind every time. Um, but this is Thomas Jane's Miller. And so if a quick hanging up of the hat is both a nod to the fans, is a little diss at the fans in a loving way, a little loving troll, as I say, to the fans, um, uh, but also is setting apart your Miller because you've earned it and you're going to keep earning it as opposed to a, you know, B or C level side character as a spy that means nothing. Um, I mean, everything with these two is, is it's just so much more interesting and magnetic because, uh, it, it just rings true. Um, cause they're pulling enough from this all time great sci-fi character and Thomas Jane, who all continue to rave an amazing character actor when he gets the right roles in the right direction. Um, and so it just rings true. Okay, so here's the women now leveling with each other. And I love the look in Christiane's eyes, how serious she is. She's relating as a mom, but she's trying to get the information. Never complained. Oh, right. They were trying to make him as anti-authoritarian, you know, rural farmer boy as they are. Um, in the books, he does sort of yearn for it. And the one tension between him and Naomi is Naomi coming from the belt can't understand any of this stuff about fishing or farming or anything, you know, coming where she comes from. But she kind of humors him as he relives his childhood. I took him out to mend the fence, 18th birthday. Oh, wow. This is really interesting. So she seems like the hardest of the hard-ass anti-authoritarian um, parents, but she's the one being the birth mom, and I guess the closest to him that realizes that they're they're not doing right by him by trying to force them him to be like them, and so just go be your own man. Hmm, it's really interesting. Still hasn't found his place, which is true. At least he's free. Oh no. There, there could be a, a timeline issue where, because they're inserting Christiana where she doesn't belong, even though I'm glad. Um, so we're getting Christiana in book one instead of book two. And then they're also, you know, doing the full length of the Miller story in, in terms of almost beat for beat and scene for scene from the book. And so these guys are just sort of in space as that's happening. And since we can't be in Holden's head, which is where we should be, they need to create dialogue and they create dialogue by creating plot. And uh, in my mind, <laughs> that doesn't always lead to failure, but if you do it in that order where you try and create tension by creating unnecessary plot and then you create unnecessary plot with unnecessary dialogue and, and, and you know, in, in all of those directions, um, you've already, maybe gone off the track or should look to see if if you're going off the track 
So Amos has, has Hebrew on his arms, as Adam Dietz pointed out. I'll have to say, um, you know, the authors are Jewish. There's a lot of Jewish characters, diversity all up and down, the Earthers, the Belters, and the Martians. Uh, I'll have to see if I can figure out what the Hebrew and his various tattoos are that he has. Um, this is exactly how Amos talks. This is exactly how he would respond to the situation. Um, but not listening to his captain, it's just a timing issue. You know, the, uh, I'll, and I'll try not to linger on this point uh, as I'm taking some breaks between the commentaries. So I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself a lot. But what what they do is we end up with the dynamics of the family for the most part after the first season or two. But it doesn't take nearly that long in the books. And so they have to rely on um, nebulously tense dialogue that sometimes goes somewhere and sometimes doesn't um, to try and flesh out the characters. Um, Because, again, these are books where we spend time, a lot of time, in the characters' heads. And they either didn't want to or couldn't figure out how to properly manifest that on a television show. And normally you do... You quote unquote solve that by adding plot and dialogue, um, and m- my feeling is, especially when you're you know working from a plus textual material, um, where that doesn't happen, you're already halfway there. Given the characters and the material, you should be able to find a way of manifesting. Now we're in Holden's head for a while without hearing him, you know, talk to himself or whatever, like we do in the book. Um, but they keep coming up with cool military and science scenarios and I love sciencing the shit out of stuff and that's the best way to bring characters together in science fiction and so I can't be that bad because Naomi's such a fucking genius and it's great to see her genius unappreciated for for so long but they would never survive any I mean look at this men acting like men they're going to shoot each other, these brothers, you know, these guys who are who are brothers for the vast majority of the series. Completely unnecessary. This isn't a bad moment to have, though. Him totally not scared of the captain, but also saying, you know, we're stuck on this boat together. If you're going to shoot me at some point, you're going to shoot me now, so just do it. That, that That's a totally Amos thing, at least sort of kind of how his brain works or doesn't work philosophically. So, you know, Naomi Nagata, even though Holden is initially the superstar in the galaxy and they push him forward because the other three don't want to talk about themselves to the press and so forth. So they push Holden forward as, you know, the famous captain of the Rosinante. Over time, Naomi Nagata uh, becomes the more important part uh, here's the code word. This is cool. Uh, Nagata becomes a more important part um, and proves herself to be not only the smartest, but in Princess Leia style, the best political leader, the best spiritual leader, the best military leader, and everything else. But she really has to work to get there. And so the long burn with uh, Dominique Tipper uh, as Naomi Nagata is really working for me more and more. Uh, as it goes along and those looks on her face I see when I read the books and so I almost don't care about these little plot things guys because I'm at the point where I mostly are spending time listening to the audiobooks or you know maybe reading the books and I'm seeing these characters from the show who are so well cast in my head 
And so every little look um, or vibe even, like this little Alex moment here where he's celebrating but still kind of nervous and Amos is smiling, all of a sudden everything's cool, Holden is like, you got to be kidding me after all that. Like this is the result of something that would happen. So all that tension in a military buildup was worth it just for the, uh, you know, uh, for, for, for selling the family um, um, to the uh, the watchers. Yeah, I don't see terrorist mastermind. Yeah, they just want to keep showing her fuck up and that Aaron Wright's doing more than he's saying. So so her spy is compromised. She's a terrible spy. I don't know why she thought that guy was good. So she's celebrating about learning about Holden. I, I keep missing. I don't think she admits one way or the other whether the story about her son is bullshit. She might say to her husband later on in, in the episode of the series about the skiing accident. <coughs> Right, so the government's already trying to take out Holden, uh, which, uh, again, as a show, and you want to bring in Avasaral in the first season, shit. Um, they make it work because she's amazing. Mom, great. The guy who plays Aaron Wright seems like a total mustache twirler, uh, but actually becomes more subtle as, as his evil becomes more exposed, which just shows great skill, where you thought maybe it wasn't coming. Um, but the whole point of the, of the book series is it's not until all of these crazy events of season one and season, uh, first half of season two, uh, from the first book, Leviathan Wakes, that Holden achieves this level of fame and notoriety and then really attracts government attention, including the direct attention and eventually relationship, um, with Avasarela, um, not just Holden, but with the whole Rosanante crew and Bobby Draper, who we'll meet next season. So, um, you know, I always talk about communication issues in these shows. Who knows what, when, you know, it's, we have video cameras here, but all of a sudden this ship doesn't have video cameras, stuff like that. You just got to live with that stuff. Amos is all happy. He's, he's ready to kill this guy. He's looking for an excuse. Yeah. Get him under control. You're the only one who can. Thematically, this is not. Uh, this is completely the case in the series. Even when they're when they're close family, he calls Na- uh, Amos calls Naomi boss. Cap is Cap, but Naomi's the boss. And they talk about how he almost looks like her, like a religious or a spiritual leader of his. Um, there's a lot on her shoulders, um, having to guide him as well as figure out her own life. Um, and so, um, you know, if that whole extended bit uh, with him and Holden um, was sort of the, the last and sort of most obvious, uh, but sort of, you know, lock in, um, the dynamic of, you know, <sighs> Amos is loyal to his friends and his crew, but still at the moment, Naomi is the number one of his loyalty. If that's all it was for, then it was definitely worth it. Cause it's important for decisions that he makes 
even when they're all, you know, uh, see each other as equals and, and friends and brothers and sisters, he always has a special part of his heart for, for Naomi, which they leave pretty mysterious through a lot of the series, which is great. Mercy is not in the cards for me. So, there's, you know, again, only three major things happen in this episode. This whole thing with the spy, which if you really think about, even with this cool eye thing here, this led to nothing except some tension between characters and another ship, which all resolved and is fine. And it's going to continue to all resolve and mostly be fine and incomprehensible. The great but somewhat incongruous uh, sharing of information between Holden's mom and Christiana uh, Abasarala, um, but that's mostly well executed through acting and what it does for, for building the, the political universe and so forth. So I'm mostly a fan of that. And then we have Thomas Jane doing Miller and everything with, with Miller is great um, and just feels straight from the books. Uh And, you know, I think it's representative of, of what worked for everyone in the first season, uh, what worked for some people in the first season, what didn't work for a lot of us, or we weren't sure about. Um, I think this is, this is that episode. And now, on the way to Eros, it's all going to start coming together. I think in the next episode, definitely by episode nine. He's, yeah, he's thinking hard about Julie. Um, and you know, um, decent episode. They also got to do the bait and switch, uh, you know, with Avasarala learning something and then being misled and blah, 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 because they're, you know, stretching out a timeline with her. Um, that's, that is new as well. Um, but you had to have Shari Agadashu in the first season. Uh, I, 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 you know, all my little criticisms as you're hearing, I might've handled it differently. The biggest problem, and I'll let you guys go after all the, I don't know what intro I'll have put in there. Thank you so much. Take a break and I'll jump to episode eight salvage, um, is the show's just taking itself too seriously at this point, And that's not how the books work. Uh, the books are more like the Martian in some ways, very dire circumstances, um, but the smartest and most capable people deal it, deal with it through making fun of themselves and making fun of each other and making fun of their insane, death-defying circumstances. Um, and that's why people love the Avengers, and that's why people love you know stories like The Martian and you know and feel-good science stories like that, or or um, uh, you know historical um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, you know, historical uh, stories, uh, but that turn out to have a lot more humor and humanity than you're thinking. Um, Here, this feels like a serious science fiction drama. Um, And I actually think that, you know, if you broke it down up to this point um, uh, by, like, looking at the script and shoot here, move the camera here, uh, and have this character do this, um, I think that the actors are are, are way outperforming, and I always defend the actors. I know I apologize if, if you're a long-time listener and this is this bothers you, but I almost always defend the actors, and I think the actors um, and some parts of the production team are, are outperforming what they've done with the material so far, but the material is so good in the book, 
you know, that even if they're only properly using 40% of it, uh, you know, you're already more than halfway there, if that makes sense, even at 40%. That's how good it is. So, okay. So, episode 8, Salvage. It says, a crew of the Rosanthi discovers a derelict vessel. Um, so I guess that's the Scopuli, and then they go to Eros. So sometime in the next two episodes, this hits full burn, uh, from now until, uh, season two, episode five, when, when they wrap up Leviathan Wakes, um, but they're already moving, uh, some of the, the future stories, uh, forward, or at least getting them at the starting line and, and getting the engines going. So thank you for joining me. Look forward to the last three episodes. Uh, 8, Salvage, 9, Critical Mass, and 10, Leviathan Wakes, which is the name of the first book. They do every season. And then, um, still trying to decide how to release this. You'll know by the time you listen to it. I think I'm going to release season 1 as season 1, even though the story, it really goes through uh, the first 5 of season 2. Um, but we will see. Stay healthy, stay happy, uh, be well, uh, keep joining me uh, for this epic journey through the Expanse, which is so goddamn good. Um, and, uh, you know what, for now, um, uh, may the force be with you and the bizzles out.